Over the next month, members of fellowship will have the opportunity to nominate new elders to the elder board. In our church governance structure, the elder board is made up of godly men who make critical and significant decisions on behalf of our body. We are not a church with elders. We are a church led by elders. The nomination and recognition process are very important to the health of our church family. Here is what we are asking members of fellowship to do. First, please pray for the elder nomination process and discern whether you should nominate someone to the office of elder. Second, if you do have a nomination, please visit fellowshipnwa.org forward slash elder nomination and complete the online form. Please read the accompanying document entitled Qualifications of an Elder before making your nomination. If you prefer a paper nomination form, you may pick up one at the information desk in the worship center foyer at each campus. The nomination form will be attached to the qualifications of an elder document. Please mail paper nominations to the church office on the Rogers campus to the attention of the elders. The deadline for making a nomination is December 11. Please pray for your elders as we initiate the process of recognizing new elders. Finally, we thank Scott Thompson and Roger Hill for their years of faithful service as elders. They have represented you and the Lord well during their tenure. When you see them, please thank these gentlemen for their faithful service. On another note, a few of the buildings on our Rogers campus need some attention. The Family Center was completed in 1991. The Worship Center and Foyer were completed in 1999. That's a quarter of a century. The elders have approved moving forward with much needed improvements to those buildings. The cost is estimated to be approximately $4.5 million. We don't want to go into debt for this project and we have proven on initiatives of much larger scale that we can get this done if all our congregations work together. My wife Denise and I will be setting up monthly recurring gifts to do our part and I hope you will too. No gift is too large or too small. And remember, it's not about equal giving, but equal sacrifice. On the giving page of our website, you will find capital improvements. You can make a contribution there or set up recurring gifts. We already have $1.3 million in donations, so we are well on our way. God continues to do great things through Fellowship Bible Church of Northwest Arkansas. Thank you for playing an active role in this great ministry. God bless you, everyone. Well, hello, happy Saturday, Mosaic family, and happy start of the Advent season, yes? Let's stand up and let's celebrate and sing some uh, Christmas songs together, shall we? Woo! Go tell it on the mountain. Kept their watch. Come on, let's sing it. You know it. While shepherds kept their watch.
Saturday Night Expression of Worship. I'm so glad that you are here tonight. My name is Melanie Manning. I am Fellowship Mosaic's admin, and it is great to be able to come to first service and just sit. My favorite first services are the first Saturday of the month because it is next gen. So we have all of our middle schoolers here with us, which is so exciting. So if you're a middle schooler, I'm glad you're here. I have some announcements just uh get started for the night. Just a reminder, our elder nominations are going on and they will be going until December 11th. So if you know a man who really shows the spiritual characteristics, I was trying to think of the right word because I was going to say personality, but characteristics of our Lord that we want in our church, please go to our, um, our website and nominate them because it is a blessing to be led by these elders that give wisdom to our staff that then get to pass the wisdom onto our congregation. Our next one is for the moms. We, ooh, I love moms, they're great. Um, <laughs> this is for moms of every stage and walk of life. If you have littles, if you have teens, or if your kids are now grown up and they have given you grandkids, um, mom's ministry is for you. We just love being able to walk alongside all the moms in life. And we meet the second Sunday of every month, and it's December, so guess what? We're having a Christmas party! Um, and so if you are a mom, just know you are more than welcome to come and hang out with us. Uh, we'll have more information to come, but it's going to be so great, and I will be there, and I would love to have all of your wisdom. Our next announcement is for the middle schoolers in this room! So, and their parents, because you're important. It's our spring break trip for our middle schoolers. The applications are still applications, registrations. You get to apply, but you're going to go to our spring break trip that partners with SOAR after school program. And so it's a great trip. They learn so much. They get to do so much service hours and be a part of the community. And it's fantastic. So if you have a middle schooler or you know a middle schooler, encourage them to sign up because this trip will change their lives. Last announcement is fellowship just strives really hard to have a spirit of generosity that is just 
full-blown during the Christmas season, and it is called The Gift. And so we have a video to kind of show you more about what that is. So just eyes to the screen. Thank you. Hey, Fellowship Mosaic. I want to tell you a story about my friend Zakayo. Uh, Zakayo is a pastor from Tanzania who's been faithfully serving in a context for years where Christians and Muslims live in close proximity to each other, and he has been uh, just, a, just a faithful leader there with him and his wife and his two children. And he wanted an opportunity to get the, the high quality theological education that we take for granted here in the States. Um, we have a great friendship at Fellowship with Dallas Seminary, and we are just blessed to have incredible training from Dallas. And so Zakayo picked up his family, moved to Dallas for five years to do a doctorate degree here, to then bring back that training to Tanzania. And uh, he took a huge risk, huge step of faith to come to America to do that training, to bless the African church. And when he did so, um, he came with huge financial need and he was working, literally maxing out all the hours he was allowed to do on his visa and was still not able to provide the basic things that his family needed to live in Dallas while he did seminary. I got to meet Zakayo uh, through my time at Dallas and hear his story and hear what he was all about. And he was sharing with me those needs. And he says, does your church ever do anything um, to help people like me? And I told him about the gift. And I said, hey, this is the thing we do every Christmas where we ask our church to just be above and beyond generous, uh, to see what God could do with our generosity beyond fellowship uh, through Northwest Arkansas, through the country and throughout the nations. And so Zakayo applied last year and from the 600,000 that Fellowship gave last year, our elders prayed through every request and included Zakayo in our generosity and was able to bless him and his family with what they needed to keep pursuing theological education at Dallas to be able to take back to bless the church in Africa. And, and those are the kinds of things we get to be a part about every Christmas when we invite Fellowship among our giving that we do with all the fun gifts and all the, the cool things we do with our families and our friends at Christmas to also consider what would it look like as a church to give a gift beyond our doors. And so I wanna invite you, Fellowship Mosaic, to jump in on the gift this Christmas time, uh, to be generous and give to this collection that our elders receive all of these requests of different needs from, from different areas and they pray over each and every one and are able to disperse from your generosity to bless, to represent, to express the authentic Christ in Northwest Arkansas and the world out of the culture of generosity that God is building here at Fellowship. So I wanna invite you to go to fellowshipmosaic.org slash the gift. And as and what my family is gonna do this year, as we make our budget for all the Christmas gifts that we're gonna do for our family, we're just gonna include a line item to give to the gift here at Fellowship and see what God might wanna do as we get to be generous beyond the doors of our church. So, uh, Mosaic family, you might have noticed this slide on the screen whenever you walked in. Hope, peace, joy, love, Christ, who is with us. One of the names given to Christ Jesus is Emmanuel. At Christmas time, we celebrate the incarnation, God becoming man in his son Jesus at his birth, at his miraculous birth. And so we're just calling the next couple weeks with us because we're celebrating as a church that God is here. Emmanuel has come to be with us. But this, uh, this series, this With Us series, has a name historically that you're gonna hear us talk about a lot. That name is Advent. 
So this Advent Christmas season that we're celebrating, Advent is actually traditionally the beginning of the calendar for the Christian church. Um, the beginning of the year where we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ. And Advent actually just means coming. It's a time that we as a body recognize the weight of sin, the, uh, the weight of darkness. Even think back to God's people that waited in darkness and turmoil, hoping and, and striving and aching for Jesus to come, for the Messiah to come. And he did, he was faithful. And so we as a church celebrate that time of waiting, but also we think about the waiting that we're currently in, that, that we are waiting for Christ to come back for his second coming, for the consummation of his kingdom and final victory, right? So you're gonna see us lighting candles this month during our services, our Advent candles, one candle for each week. And this week we are gonna be celebrating the hope that Jesus brought. So we'll be lighting the hope candle. And we will like metaphorically as a body be waiting in darkness, but lighting one candle each week. Therefore, metaphorically seeing with our eyes the greater light as it grows with the coming of Christ. Ultimately lighting the Christ candle for Christmas. So in light of the Advent season, the coming, the anticipatory waiting that we celebrate as a body, let's stand up and let's continue to worship tonight.
Prince of Peace, mighty God, what a joy it is to praise you and place our hope in you. Thank you, God. Amen. And what a powerful addition to a song that we already know so well as a church. So good. So good. So powerful to sing the names of Jesus here in this place. And we're about to sing another song that you're going to know really well. The Church of God has been singing this song for generations. But we've added a new part that when we get there, I want you to be able to sing it out. Sing it out with everything you've got. So I want to teach it to you, if that's okay. So that when we get there, you're just, you know it, you're ready, you can sing it out. So here's how it goes. Every mountain sing high. Every valley sing low, and everything in between sing the harmony. Every mountain sing high, every valley sing low, and everything in between sing the harmony. You think you got it? Come on, let's sing this together. We're gonna sing the doxology. All creatures of our God and King. We come to give Him worship tonight, to give Him praise. Lift your voice with all of creation now. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice with us sing. Oh, praise Him. Oh, praise
Blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. our posture in this Advent season, one of hope that no matter what comes our way, whether in darkness and waiting, in desert or in blessing, our story is that we praise you, King Jesus, our Messiah, our Emmanuel, who is with us. Would you please remain standing for the reading of the word and for the lighting of the Advent candle tonight? And we actually have added a little liturgy to the lighting of the Advent candle. And so while our scripture readers come up on stage, practice this with me. They're gonna be saying after they light the candle, the hope of Emmanuel. And you will respond, 
God is with us. So let's practice. The hope of Emmanuel. Amen. Fellowship Mosaic. You're praising with power. Hey, we are the parishes. <laughs> and this is my wife, Juanico, 39 years. And this is my wonderful husband, Ed. <laughs> and we're excited, truly excited to be here with you to kick off Advent. We've been a part of fellowship for about 25 years. So a few community group leaders over the years, community group coaches, and a few other roles along the way. You know, and I currently serve as one of the elders here at Fellowship. But on tonight, we're here to share the word of God uh, from an Old Testament scripture from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. But I want you to listen to the good news uh, of the prophet and how he shares the prophecy of the birth of Christ and the coming of the Messiah. Let's listen in. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and on his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Now join us in the lighting of the Advent candle of hope. The hope of Emmanuel. Well, good evening, Fellowship Mosaic. Good to see everybody. Didn't this worship team just blow you away? I just love, love the way they lead us to the throne. I'm so blessed by this worship team. Hey, I'm Rodney Holmstrom. I'm one of the pastors here at Fellowship, and I help lead the ministry of Celebrate Recovery here at Fellowship. And yeah, got some family here. <laughs> I, I am excited to be here with you uh, tonight um, as we jump into the Advent season. And by definition, it is this anticipation. It is this, this waiting on the coming of a Messiah. We we have this longing in our heart, whether we know it or not, for a savior, a rescuer. And it's a time to pause and reflect, to point our eyes back to the one that gives us life in the season. The true reason for the Christmas season. We, we want to stop and reflect on that. And if I'm being honest, we have to acknowledge there's two different postures in the room. There's some of you that are in a good season. And this is a time of celebration. You're, you're in a good place that God is doing good things and it feels like God is blessing. And, and we have to celebrate that when we experience that. But I love that we can come into this space and be completely honest, come as we are. Some of us are in a hard season. 
Some of us, this is a season of grief, isn't it? Anniversaries of past loved ones that are no longer here with us. Uh, maybe there's some death that, that we're grieving right now. Maybe there's some, some uh, financial struggles or job losses or struggles and, and even sicknesses and diseases that it feels like there's no end in sight for healing and it just feels a little bit laborious, almost like, God, are you really with me? Have you forgotten me? Am I all alone in this space? Regardless of what side of the room you're on with this posture, can I just say welcome? This is a safe place for you. You can come exactly as you are. But here's been my prayer coming up to this and my prayer even this morning for you that no matter where we are, that we would all be able to lift our eyes up in this season and no matter if we're in a good, a bad, a hard season, we'd be able to lift our eyes up to the one that we can rest and find hope in, to know that he's with us no matter what we are struggling with. So there's a central thought that I want you to hold on to over the next few minutes, and it's this, that enduring hope is found only in Jesus. You agree with that? Enduring hope is found only in Jesus uh, several years ago, my wife and I went to Manitou Springs and did the incline. Anybody ever done the incline? Yeah, it's ruthless. It's brutal. <laughs> it, it feels like your lungs are literally burning inside of your body. It's not so much the steps that you have to take. I think it's 2,144 steps, but it's the high altitude that just makes it arduous and strenuous. But me and my wife... Uh, did this several years ago, and we're standing at the bottom, we're looking up, you can kind of see the picture that we took there, and we're looking up, and we're thinking, you know what, we got this. We were inspired, we were motivated, it was blue skies, it felt like a really good day, and though we were climbing as one, it felt like together, we're going to do this together, we got this, and we were with some friends that had done it before, and they were probably kind of laughing at us, going, ah, just wait, buddy. But we started this trek and we got to the peak, what we thought was the, the summit, the top of it, because when we were looking from the bottom, we thought, oh, we got that, that's easy. And then we got up there only to find out that that was not the top of the incline. No, it was a false summit. And it was almost like this place of defeat from looking up. It was like, oh my gosh, we have a long way to go. Can we do this? And I'm going to be honest, our legs suddenly got heavier, <laughs> We, we were now going from motivated and inspired to exhausted and defeated. And we made it to the top of that incline after a long, it felt like years of climbing that thing, but we made it. But what do we do in life when it feels like we never get to the top? Life has a way of throwing those things at us, doesn't it? We lose sight, the clouds, the storms start creeping in in our life and, and we lose sight of the peak the, the summit, we lose sight of the goal that God has for us in that space. And it can feel defeating, can it? It can feel like, what's the point? God, are you really with me? Have you forgotten me? And lack of hope breeds apathy, doesn't it? I love this reminder in Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. Christmas story, the Christmas message, the, the Advent season is, a, is an opportunity to be reignited, to rejuvenate, and give, even find ourselves in a place of reassurance and assurance that this is a message of hope. Now, let me be clear when I say hope. This is not wishful thinking and expecting that it might happen. 
No, when we say hope in this season, God with us, it's an assurance. It's a with certainty, God is with me. No matter what I'm facing in this room, in this life, this broken world, God is with me. And I can say that and believe that with certainty in this space. But there's hundreds of prophecies in Scripture that can be that, that assurance for us to remind us that, that God is with us, that, that when we look back, we can see what he's already accomplished, that these are not coincidences. When you look at prophecies fulfilled in the Scripture, only God could do that. It's like, wow, God, you did that. And when we look back, we can say, God, because you did that, I can have assurance that you're going to do this and that. These are not coincidences. These are things, these are promises that remind us and give us assurance that God has fulfilled and he is fulfilling and he will continue to fill promises for you and for me in this dark, broken world that we live in. But this one particular promise in this season, you just heard it uh, read, it's one that we typically read around Christmas I want to lean into it's in Isaiah 9, verse 6, and, and I think it's a, it's a good reminder for me as I look back on this promise, again, I want to encourage you, no matter where you are, to have assurance as we look back, God is with us. He's in the business of fulfilling promises, and this is a great reminder in this Christmas Advent season and what that represents for you and I, no matter where we are in this season. Just heard it read, but I want to read it again. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. I love that. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. That's a long time, isn't it? The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. That's the promise. With certainty, it, he will accomplish this promise. This gives us hope. This gives us assurance now, you may have heard that saying that, that where there is life, there is hope. But I think it's actually the reverse. Where there is hope, there is always life. Because when we put our hope in him, that is the only way we can truly live in this broken world. That's the only way we can have life. Where there is hope and knowing the hope with certainty that God is with us no matter what we're walking through today, we can with certainty know that that will bring life in spite of the circumstances happening in our life today. But this is a season for us to pause and reflect because let's be honest, you take away hope from our life and life is just painful. It's a burden, isn't it? But when we can, in the midst of our walk, in the midst of our own incline, we call life as believers in Jesus Christ, then we can know that he will be with us because he's been with us in the past. He's a hope worth waiting for in our life. Hope breeds confidence and strength, doesn't it? But I think it's so important that we, to really understand this gift, this fulfilled promise, we kind of have to go back and understand what was happening for them in that time when they heard these words from God through Isaiah as a mouthpiece. 
we know that there was a divided kingdom. The, there was a, the, the northern kingdom, right, of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. There was a threat of war, an Assyrian threat, this significant, powerful force advancing on them that posed a significant threat on Israel and Judah. Unstable leadership. There's challenges from these rival nations, but then there's also these internal conflicts. Does this sound a little bit familiar? What we are facing in our life today? Don't forget that the broken world that we live in today is the same broken world they were living in then. Needed a savior. There was moral failures. There was idolatry and moral decay happening during this time. They needed a savior in the same way we need a savior. And God sends Isaiah to become the mouthpiece to say, a son will be given. And he will carry it on forever. Lift your eyes up. Put your eyes and your trust in me as your heavenly father. God knew that the the threats that we face as Christians, as believers, were significant enough and the the internal conflict that we wrestle with were going to harm us and hurt us that we would need outside help. We would need this higher power in Jesus Christ and God would send Jesus to leave heaven to come in a vulnerable state as a baby to provide that hope. And you can just feel the weight of what they're carrying and just feel their eyes lift up and saying, okay, I can hope with certainty he's got my back. I'm going to keep looking to him even when the clouds roll in, even when the false summits happen in my life, I can trust him. But I love those words that Isaiah says from God through Isaiah when he says, and the government will be on his shoulders. A good way of of looking at that is saying the weight of the world will be on his shoulders. Think about what you're carrying. Think about what they were carrying. He's saying that weight that you carry will be on his shoulders now. He's going to take that if you will put your trust and your faith in him. That's pretty good news, isn't it? The government will be on his shoulders. And that word government in the Hebrew translation is dominion, power, sovereignty through, through legal authority. It symbolizes this royal authority for you and I as a part of this lineage that will be carried on forever as his sons, as his daughters invited into his family line. But the prophecy right after that, the promise goes on to say that this this government, his government and his peace, don't miss the promise, will never end. It will never end. Say, well, I don't feel a lot of peace right now with the things happening. That's why we keep our eyes up on him because the world is shouting at us conflict and chaos. Jesus is saying, keep your eyes on me. I will carry you through this season. And I, I love that my hope doesn't have to lie on, on my socio-political economic processes. <laughs> Jesus didn't intend for me to be afraid about my future. What he does want is for us to put our trust in him, knowing that he is in control. So when you feel like things are out of control around us right now, sometimes it feels like that. Maybe God's lost control. He's as very much in control today as he was then. Keep your eyes on me. Even the specificity as we look at these promises in this Advent season, we won't flip over there, but in Micah 5.2, it gives the exact location of Jesus' birth. 
Bethlehem, Ephrathah. Out of you will come this ruler of Israel. He gave the exact location. Only God could do that. Only God could do that. And all of these promises that we are actually reflecting on in this Advent season become our assurance no matter what we are facing today. It gives us hope. It gives us reassurance. It gives us assurance that we can keep our eyes on him even when it doesn't feel like he's with us. God's got us in this. I love what Tim Keller says about hope. He says, human beings are hope-shaped creatures. How you live today is completely shaped by what you believe about your future. I love that. The only way I fully believe about my future in my incline of life is to stop and turn around and look at what he's already done. These fulfilled promises give us assurance. It gives us hope with certainty that we can live today with assurance because of what he's done yesterday, we can with confidence know that he'll be with us in the days to come. That's hope with certainty. Nobody and nothing else on this planet can offer that kind of hope, only Jesus Christ. That's, for me, an encouragement to know that because he's fulfilled that, he's gonna keep on fulfilling. That means that when I hold on to these promises that God will never leave me nor forsake me. Whatever you're facing right now in this space, God is never gonna leave you. He's never gonna forsake you. You can cling to that promise because of the promises he's already fulfilled in the past. He's a God who keeps his promises. And I love the weaving of this and understanding that if we can hold on to all those promises and celebrate that and live in the promises today, then we can be assured in the future promises that one day we will spend forever in the next in eternity with our heavenly father. We can cling to that even though we can't see it, even though we may not feel it. God, I don't see it. The clouds, the storms, it's blocking my vision, but I'm keeping my eyes on you, knowing you're going to carry me through this season, even though it can be difficult, I'm keeping me, my eyes on you. Knowing that he was with them then, he's with us now. And seven centuries later, he comes in the form of a baby, a messy manger. What I love about this promise in Isaiah 9 is what he's saying to them isn't really different than what he's saying to us. We just get to see it through a different lens, don't we? We get to see a lot more of fruit because we know through the lens of Christ things that they didn't know then when they were being told these promises. We know how the story ends. We know these fulfilled promises. And I love this, that God is not asking us to figure it out. Whatever we are carrying on our shoulders, says the government and its peace, his government, his peace will never end. I'm going to take that on. You don't have to figure it out. What he's asking us to do is to keep our eyes upward and on him knowing he's already figured it out. My wife and I are blessed this season with some grandkids. Yes, I am that old now. Uh, three grandkid, grandkids now. The two most recent one, one for my daughter, one for my son, Right after they were born, they immediately went into the NICU. And can I just be vulnerable with you? I was struck with fear, doubt, and I love the Lord. 
I, I'm a faithful follower of Christ. But there were those times my wife and I spend time on our back deck in the mornings and we, we share our quiet times and then we share gratitude and we share prayer requests. And there were times that there were lots of tears, lots of fear and this feeling of, God, have you forgotten us? We could not see the end goal and we didn't know how this was gonna end. And if I'm being honest, our eyes were looking up and then in defeat, we began to look down. But I love the body of Christ, and many of you in this room were a part of that and praying for me and my family and my grandkids to help encourage us in the season to lift our eyes up and keep our eyes on him. See, it's important to know that when we put our hope in him with certainty, it doesn't mean that we act like there's nothing to be afraid of and, and there's no pain to be acknowledged. Now, that's denial. <laughs> But it is saying, God, I don't know how this is going to work out. And that's where we were. We didn't know if our grandkids were even going to make it out of the NICU. But we knew he was going to be with us no matter what. And through the pain and the struggle and the tears and the prayer, the body of Christ coming alongside us and locking arms with us, we're able to lift our eyes up, not look downward, not look inward, not even look outward, look upward and keep our eyes on him knowing he will not leave nor forsake us. God is with us, and we can with certainty know that even though it may feel like he's not with me. I love Heath, one of our worship leaders in the Advent Devo this past week. He said that we can with confidence know that we are held securely. And when we know we are held securely, no matter what the circumstances, no matter if you're still in the season and you've not seen the peak, you can know that you're held securely. And that is why we have hope in the midst of really, really hard circumstances, in the midst of some really hard grief and, and pain that you might be walking through in this space. God is with us in this. And we keep our eyes up and on him. You know, the, the most astonishing part of this promise, these promises, is the people hearing this promise. Remember, they were going through a lot. And God sent this mouthpiece, Isaiah, to speak this message of hope. Hey, it's coming, help's coming. But these people never saw it. They never saw it fulfilled. Isn't that crazy to think about? 700 years after they heard these words, this promise came to fruition. But I love if we jump over to Hebrews eleven thirty nine. Listen to these words. These were all commended. Who? These people that were hearing the promise. They were having all these threats internally and externally, and they were in a bad place. It says they were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what they had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made Perfect. I love this passage because right before this, it's talking about everything that they had to endure. Everything, all the, the inclines, the, the storms, the false summits, the, the cloudy days, all the things. They went into captivity. It got worse from this promise. And yet they kept their eyes up and on the Father while not yet receiving the promise. Now, don't miss this, because this is encouraging for me. Maybe it will be for you. The people listening to this promise, they were looking forward in the anticipation of a coming Messiah. That takes incredible faith, doesn't it? 700 years, not seeing anything. 
we today look back and know that he has already come. That requires incredible faith. Because we didn't see that. They both require faith. But here's the common denominator. Both postures, both positions require looking up and keeping our eyes on Jesus Christ, knowing that we can put our trust and hope in him, knowing he will make good on his promises even when we can't see it, even when we can't feel it. In our darkness, in our dark world, he is the light in our darkness. And he would come in a messy manger, in a broken, hurtful, dark world to become our light, the light of the world. So when I read these promises, when I see these promises fulfilled in Scripture, when I see these names that Isaiah says, and he shall be called, you, there's, you could look at that and go, those are kind of cool names. Wonderful counsel, that's kind of a cool name. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But they're so much more personal, aren't they? When we know that he has fulfilled, he is fulfilling, and he will fulfill, then these names that he shall be called don't become just an outside name. They become actions in our life. They become personalized. He becomes my, you could use I and me statements with these names. He is my wonderful counselor. Jesus is the living incarnation of God's awesome glory. We have assurance that Jesus didn't leave heaven to come put band-aids on our wounds and bruises. No, he came to ultimately end our earthly battles. He's my wonderful counselor. He's my mighty God. He wasn't just the one that calms storms. He's with us in the storms, and he will ultimately defeat death. He defeated death. Jesus is with me, he's with you, he's with us in our brokenness, he's with us in our salvation, our redemption. He is my mighty God, he is your mighty God, he's with you. He's my everlasting father, Jesus is the same yesterday, he's the same today and he's the same tomorrow as Revelation says, who was, who is, who is yet to come. We can with certainty hold on to that hope. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to, to be with us, to face every false summit, every storm in our life, every cloudy day. And we can claim with personalization, he is my prince of peace. Jesus is with us in the chaos to bring hope in seemingly hopeless situations. Jesus is with us in our pain. He's not going to leave or forsake us in our pain. Jesus is our comfort, and he's walking with us every step of the way. Keep your eyes up. Keep your eyes on him. He's with us, and that brings hope. See, I've come to learn in my own walk that I don't have to. I shouldn't be surprised by the unexpected or the discouraging things that are coming at me. I love the way J.I. Packer says, uh, puts it this way, God in his wisdom means to make something of us that we have not yet obtained. Just like they, when they heard the promise, they hadn't yet obtained. And God's doing something in us that in the pain, in the struggle, he's doing something in us as we keep our eyes up and on him. You know, right before this promise was given by Isaiah, if you go back a couple verses, it was fascinating for me just to put this on my own heart, my own life in verse two. Maybe you can find your own story in this. 
The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Is your life feeling messy right now? Do you feel like you're walking in the land of darkness right now? I've been there. This promise, this fulfilled promise can help us to take heart no matter where we are in our own incline. But we have a great light. We have a light of the world to meet us in our darkness. That should encourage us. It should strengthen our faith, give us hope, give us life. That we could pray as Paul did. Maybe this is your prayer tonight. Ephesians 1.18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope, not just wishful thinking, but hope with certainty, a hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. I've been called a lot of things in my life. Holy isn't one of them. <laughs> you know, he calls you holy. We have an inheritance of what he's already done that we bring into our life, and we have an inheritance that's yet to come. That's the hope as we place our eyes and our hope, our faith, our trust on him in this space. All of these serve as an encouragement, or should, to reassure us, to give us that assurance that he's always been with us. He always will be with us. Hope with certainty. All of these promises point to Jesus Christ and the telling of a coming Messiah. It's a game changer. And if, if you've lost the awe and wonder of this incredible gift, maybe this Advent season is about reintroducing yourself to the awe and wonder of what this gift means. A certainty points us to a Savior, a rescuer, Jesus Christ. One of our fellow sisters as one of our faithful female ministry leaders, Carrie Tucker, uh, did an Advent devotional. By the way, if you're not doing the Advent devotionals, uh, the every day you get a new devotional, I want to encourage you to sign up for that. I'm sure some folks at the booth can help you in getting signed up for that. It's so cool to hear from all these different men and women on our staff. It's a common theme of hearing their own pain in that, but where they find their hope. But Carrie Tucker... One of our own here at Mosaic, Fellowship Mosaic was sharing about going through a really hard season. And actually, they're still in it. But this is what she said. I want to quote her. She asked a question. What brings comfort to us when we are facing pain, death, and hardship? For Israel and Judah, war, captivity, and death were certain. But God had the same message for them that he has for those of us who have faith in his son. Light is coming. I love that. Light is coming. No matter how dark your world may seem in this place. Where are you in your climb today? You know, this, this past Thanksgiving, my wife and I were able to celebrate Thanksgiving with all of our grandkids in the same home. It was just a beautiful thing. First time to take a picture with all of them. And as we were reflecting that morning on anticipating this Thanksgiving time, knowing what God had brought us through, there was lots of tears of gratitude. Some of you are there. Some of you are over here in this space of, I've not seen the peak. I've not seen the summit yet. I've lost visual. 
and it feels strenuous and arduous in my life and I'm scared. It feels like maybe God's forgotten me. Here's what I want to tell you. God sees you. God loves you. God cares for you. God desires to walk with you in whatever season. Sometimes even in the good season, it's tempting for me to take my eyes off of him. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes and your trust on him, knowing he will sustain you. The hope of this season is knowing that he's with us no matter what we're walking through. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your trust in him. We're going to take communion tonight, and I think it's appropriate just thinking about the looking back to give us oxygen for our faith to keep moving forward. And one of the look back things that's so important as believers is look back and see he wasn't just born a baby. He would walk this earth and ultimately die on the cross for you and I to take on the weight of the world for you and I. And so we're going to take communion together and and we're going to have some people at the table that are going to speak a blessing over you as you pick up your elements. And we're going to ask that you take them back to your seat and hold them. And we're going to take them together as a body in this process. But you'll actually walk out to whatever section you're in, walk out to your left, and then return to your right. Let's remember what he's done and celebrate that, knowing that God is with us. If he was with us then, he's with us now. As we continue to worship him, let's celebrate through communion.
and he said take and eat this is my body broken for you do this as often as you eat in remembrance of me so take the bread and eat together and when the supper was over he took the cup of wine he gave thanks for it he gave it to his disciples and he said take and drink this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins so do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me we drink together oh come desire of nations by in one the hearts of all Bid thou our sad division cease, and be thyself our King of
great is your faithful to sing it out church come on great is your faithfulness to we have hope from the rising sun setting same i will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me christ is my firm foundation the rock on which i stand everything about me I've never been alone. I put my faith in Jesus. He's never bad. Let's believe it. He's faithful through generations. Yes, you are. So why would he fail now? He won't. No.
son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. family. May the hope of Emmanuel go with you. So go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. See you next week.